0: Live from the Motor City all the way to the Volunteer State. It's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast. Where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports. From college football to NASCAR, we've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world famous Bet Your Nuts. Where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Reckless Speculation College Football Kickoff Show. Uh, tonight, we're going to break down. The craziness that happened in South Bend last week between the Buckeyes and the Fighting Irish came down to the last second, last snap. Wow, what a game. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the massacre that took place in Oregon between Colorado and the Ducks. Is it time to maybe jump off the the Neon Deon hype train? So we're going to talk about that. Ole Miss goes to Alabama Uh, The student cannot upend the teacher. That was a shocking game, so we'll talk about that, and we'll hit on some other uh, topics that uh, took place last week in the world of college football. And as always, we'll break down some of the big games coming up this coming weekend uh, with our bonus Bet Your Nuts. We'll give you our picks. Uh, Newsflash, I didn't do so well. Uh, The other guys did pretty good. Uh, This guy... Not so much. So uh, only room for improvement. Uh, So don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe all the social media that we have with the Facebook, the the TikTok. Go ahead and give us a follow. It really does help us out, gets our reach out there. You know, we want to get this show out to as many people we can. Uh, because we think we have a good product and uh, we hope you guys enjoy it so go with, give us a follow and um, you can always check out some of our previous episodes on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page and of course we have to talk about our sponsors as always Davis Kessler and Davis law firm if you're in the Chattanooga area and basically anywhere in Tennessee I'm in Michigan unfortunately if I had some Law issues that handle. I, I use Robbie for advice, but uh, unfortunately, he's not licensed in Michigan. But if you're in Tennessee, uh, if Toonts is the driving cat is in jail and you need to get that cat out, uh, go ahead and call them. They're the best in the business. Absolutely. And can't forget about our other good partner, CNW and w Construction, uh, flashing their new logo. Here's some recent projects that uh, they just completed. Just amazing work. Uh, it speaks for itself. You guys need an outdoor like oasis. Um, uh, that is definitely who you want to call. So we thank them very much for being a part of this show, helping us kind of get the message out there. So, um, last week started a little something new, a uh, fun fact before we get the show going, a uh, fun fact for September 27th. That is today we're airing, uh, 1908, September 27th, 1908, the very first Model T rolled off the assembly line right here in Dearborn, Michigan. Of course, Henry Ford, the grandfather of the assembly line, which has lots of relevance today. Uh, big strike going on, not too far from where I am here today, the uh, UAW. So hopefully they can get this thing squared away soon, get these guys back to work where they belong. Uh, and it is also Chocolate Milk Day. Uh, where else are you going to get that kind of information? But right here at Reckless Speculation. Chocolate Milk Day. So go pour yourself a, a nice cold glass of chocolate milk. But do that after. That's right. After you have a nice Jack single barrel. That's right. This show's always powered by Jack. Whether you like it neat, whether you like it on ice like I do, doesn't matter. As long as you got Jack going, you're going to have a good night. So I'm going to bring in our first member, currently our only member in the green room. Uh, Robbie will not be able to make it tonight. He is on vacation, uh, so I pity him. (laughs) I don't feel sorry for him, but uh, I hope he's having a good night. So we give shout out to Robbie. So we're going to bring in Brandon. What's up, buddy?
1: What's going on, buddy? Uh, well done with the intro there and the and the <laughs> facts. Dropping some knowledge on Chocolate Milk Day.
0: Well, well, you know, I I try to mix it up a little bit. Give 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 some people a little bit more uh, than just sports knowledge. Um, yeah. As always, Raj is yet to arrive. We're we're uh, patiently waiting for his arrival, but that's okay because this topic that we're leading into. This is your wheelhouse, my friend. Huge win for your Buckeyes last week. That, I mean, so far, that was the game, game of the season. Uh, they go in, get the win on the last play of the game. Tell me your overall thoughts, uh, what you thought about the game. And the defense really seemed to step it up. They, they, they played probably their best game of the season at the right time. So, is this mm-hmm. the type of defense that you, as a Buckeye fan, were expected to see?
1: Yeah. I mean, we started slow this season. And, you know, there, there was all kinds of questions um, on the defensive side, on offensive line, quarterback. You know, it wasn't until the Western Kentucky game last week that McCord actually was officially named the starting quarterback. So – I think that took some pressure off of him. Now, it was Western Kentucky. Um, it, the offense did look pretty good last week, and that that gave a little glimmer of hope that, you know, hey, we're heading in the right direction. Um, that to be said, the defense also looked good. Uh, Western Kentucky has got a pretty good receiver on their, their squad, and um, I think we talked about that last week anyway. And Anyway, so, yes, um, overall, Jim Knowles had them ready. Um, had them ready for this game. I, I knew it was going to be a, you know, a, a ground-and-pound kind of just old-school, you know, Buckeye football, and that, that's kind of what we saw for the most part. Now, Kyle McCord, on the other hand, just really gave me a lot more hope and, um, and showed some, some really good poise in the face of adversity.
0: Speaking of Kyle McCord, he got the ball with what was it, a minute to go? Uh, yeah, take. it's like a
1: one twenty something, I think.
0: You're talking about a guy that has has kind of been scrutinized. Uh, he's been under the microscope, uh, and like you said last week, second half, I think he started to come into his own. So this was probably the biggest pressure situation that he's faced. Uh, in his young uh, college career, uh, what does that drive do for somebody's confidence, especially somebody that, you know, coming into the season, it, was he going to be the starter? Was it going to be Brown? Wasn't sure. Now he's got it. So what can uh, a last second drive, will say, for a young quarterback, what can that do for a young kid's confidence moving forward into the season?
1: Man, everything. This, I mean, this this is going to propel him forward for sure. Um, Just seeing that resiliency and and knowing that he can do it and knowing he's done it when you get down, like I said, facing adversity again, uh, know that you can be calm and cool and make the throws that you need to make and, and read the defense. I mean, it was incredible it really was uh, to watch. I was not expecting it. I yep. was already, I mean, already just pouring myself the last sad drink that we just <laughs> lost in South Bend. And uh, man, it was, it was electric to watch and, and just, you know, the offensive line did great. Uh, of course, the receivers are, are fantastic. And um, Kyle McCord just really showed that he can put this team on his back when need, when needed. And, You know, make those throws. So I I was I was thoroughly impressed, Um, and I I had some bad things to say about McCord early early on as well. And he's completely um, put my foot in my mouth. Well,
0: there was a there was a couple scenes where the camera kind of zoomed right in on him, and you could he was doing like some like gyrations with his hands, like like kind of a focus thing that 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 he was doing, Um, and that kind of impressed me in a sense that the the kid knew what it meant that this like okay let's go this is you know it's time to go and it it seemed to kind of block out all the noise he was not he was not uh affected really at all Mm -hmm. with the crowd noise and and the moment and i i just i i commend him uh obviously i'm a michigan fan so uh Deep down in my heart, I was I was rooting for a loss, but then again, hey, let's have sure. him be undefeated uh, at the end of the uh, end of November, the big game. But um, you know, you, you can't help but uh, I'll give the kid kudos that it was him, it was on him because mm-hmm. really, it, the biggest weapon Ohio State has was Marvin Harrison Jr. And maybe there were some questions coming into this game. Uh, he had one target in the first half, which I, w- I was watching the game with a a, a Buckeye fan, uh, good buddy Drew, uh, and we were just talking about how what is going on? Why they they weren't even looking his way? He was more of a decoy. Um, so he gets the catch, and then in the second half he gets rolled up on. So that was a kind of a huge uh, moment in that game where you thought, yeah, is this it for Harrison? Is this another Jackson Smith? In Jigma situation from last year that he got hurt early on and, and didn't play the rest of the season um, are you concerned as a Buckeye fan that the the perceived top five pick in next year's NFL draft really isn't getting a whole lot of targets do you think there's some underlying issues I know week one it looked like he had maybe a shoulder but is there a reason to be concerned as a Buckeye fan
1: I don't think so, um, you know. And in saying that, I am slightly concerned, <laughs> so I'll contradict myself there. Uh, I think, you know, on the offensive scheme, you know, we know he's going to be the number one kind of decoy or or, or target, and and defenses are going to double team him, uh, and and we're going to see a lot of that, so. I think they're trying not to force it so much to him. Um, But at the same time, I would like to see uh, scheme and game plans more around him getting open. Um, So I think there's a little bit of a lack of that. But, you know, maybe they're holding back a little bit, but I would have thought this would have been a game that they would want, you know, want to pull out all stops. We had to win this game. So, uh, you know – as far as injuries, I, I think he's fine. I, I think he'll be fine. We just we definitely got to get him the ball more. So I mean that that's on on the OC and, and day in general. So. Um.
0: Well, I mean, when you have you have a, a, a we'll call it a backup plan, which I think he'd be anybody's number one, Ameka uh, Obuka, who yeah. I, I call him Chris Olave two He reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of how he played. Uh, he can kind of weasel his way uh, into in in the pockets of the zone defense and it and he just seems to get open. He's got a knack to get yardage after the catch, which is really good. And then you got Stofer at tight end or Stover at tight end who he's a tough guy. And and he was put getting punished in that game, but he was taking it. And mm-hmm. and those are nice options to have. And ultimately I I think they're gonna wanna utilize those guys a little bit more. And then bring back in the running game because they outside of that last couple two drives, the running game really wasn't there for them. Um, which it it right. has the ability to because they have a very good running back room. So having having Abuka and Stover there is definitely, you know, a big, big piece to that that offense. And and if that line can block, man, it's it, Ohio State, watch out. I mean, as a Michigan fan, that that scares me a little bit. So
1: yeah. um but well you but, look at uh, go sorry ahead. go ahead
0: no no no. no i was gonna
1: say you look at um uh, you know mccord being in in the big lights here and and on a big stage um I, some of that hesitation i think is you know was, was stover and, and Buka being the safety blanket a little bit yeah. more you know the route trees are not as extensive as is Harrison's, and he doesn't have to make the tougher throws with them, and you know, and, and you know, tight ends open quite a bit. So, uh, with with that set up this weekend, so uh, I think some of that all comes into play. But hopefully, he'll have a little bit more confidence, and you know, like I said, the offense can scheme better to to get Harrison uh, more targets.
0: Well, I had a couple questions here for Raj, uh, but as you can see, he's he's not. He's not um, not with us yet. Uh, but speaking of that last drive, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you because I know you were you were dialed in. It came out shortly after that game ended that Notre Dame only had ten guys on the field in that last play. Who do you blame in that situation? It, it is that is that a, a player not knowing the assignment, or is that just a coaching staff that completely? lost control of the moment in that situation?
1: It, it's probably a little of both. I, I'd say it's more on the coaching staff. I mean, you've got to have some – somebody's got to be one counting at all times. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. – there's a designated guy that counts every time. Like, um, And, you know, I I think Freeman kind of winged it in the press conference as far as, well, we didn't want to draw a penalty. And, you know, he tried to play it off that way. I don't think they had a clue mm-hmm. <laughs> there were two yeah. men on the field mm-hmm. because you could, I mean, you could have jumped off sides, uh, especially on the, the very last play we, you would have gained what six inches. I mean, right. get another right. guy out think, Like yeah. what's that, what's that going to do? So I, I honestly think they just, they didn't even have a clue. Um, and I think Freeman winged it in the press conference and you know, it is what it is, but that's a, you know, it's one of those tough lessons. Um, could the game have gone differently? Yeah, sure. Um, but it is what it is, and you know that's another thing about this game, and and especially in NFL, you know, good coaches exploit weaknesses, and when you see weaknesses like that, that's why I love the the run call the last play um, to run the ball. Uh, so uh, you know, hats off to today and and squad the Buckeyes. What, what a game.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'll say it. I, I think we all agree. Games are one. You, you know what? Let's put our big boys against your big boys. And if you stop us, you earned it. And if not, mm-hmm. we earned it. So at that moment, I, I I think Notre Dame was on their heels. They they could have gone either way because McCord made some really big throws. There was like a third and 13, and he just rifled it in there. Third and nineteen. Third and nineteen, yeah. And and he just made the play and 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 that growth. So and then they had a couple runs that really were impactful. So mm-hmm. I really think Freeman. It, they were out of timeouts and they, they blew their timeouts early. And I think this is a situation that kind of bit them in the in the rear end to mm-hmm. where uh, they just had to figure it out and and they were wrong marcus freeman's gonna be okay he's he's, a, think, great coach. he's a great coach this mm-hmm. is his second year um this is arguably the biggest game in his coaching career against For his sure. alma mater so you know right. what there's growing pains uh, sure. ryan day is a good coach and, and all the buckeye fans out there that that want to put his head on a pike because he's 0 two against michigan need to need to chill and because the guy's a good coach whether you like him or not um right. he'll figure it out and and Freeman will figure it out too. And I I don't see them making that mistake again. Um, But, um, you know, we won't get too much more into Notre Dame other than, did this loss kind of kill their chances for a possible college football playoff berth?
1: Probably. Um, Unless this is their only loss and Ohio State loses to Penn State and Michigan, um, I could see a world where they, they could kind of slide in in the four spot. But uh, I got to tell you, man, there's so many good Pac-12 teams mm-hmm. that I just don't think a one-loss Notre Dame that just – I don't think they they have a chance to get in.
0: No. Nope. Uh,
1: I mean, not, not with the Pac-12 being as strong as they are and – you know, of course, the SEC and the Big Ten. I mean, I just don't see. It. I mean, obviously, you got to take probably ACC champion. You know, it's looking like Florida State's going to be that. I, I don't see a world where the where Notre Dame gets in unless they're no. undefeated.
0: And and if I'm Notre Dame fan, this is an example number one, and it stops right there. Yep. Why you have to be in a conference? Yep. Uh, you put put your Put your – I don't want to say arrogance because one of my best friends is a Notre Dame grad, and he would take offense to that. But the bottom line is football really is the only sport where you're not really attached to a conference. You're in the Big Ten in hockey. Join the Big Ten in football because you lose in mid-September and your season is – unless you absolutely go to Duke this week, Dominate, uh, which Duke has shown they're not the same Duke of old, they're not just a basketball school <laughs> anymore. Uh, and then you got USC coming in here in a couple weeks, which can't wait for that game. Reckless speculation live from South Bend. Um, so you don't have many opportunities to kind of get back to a prominent position in the draft, or I should say, in the rankings to get yourself up there. So this is a really bad, bad loss for Notre Dame. Um, we'll see. This, this season has been a little crazy, and college football, as we know, is crazy. So, really, anything can happen. And speaking of crazy, uh, the Colorado Buffalo hype train, as we've mentioned time and time on this show, um, madness. The revenue that they've gained, uh, the very first home game, Boulder, as a town, grossed $18 million in, in revenue. Uh, that That's pretty amazing, basically coming from a football program that was 1-11 last year, started 3-0. and We all knew what was gonna <laughs> going in to happen, going into Oregon, facing those Ducks. And, um, you know, Dan Lanning kind of set the tone early on in the week, basically saying, what have they done in this conference? They really haven't done anything. And I, I don't blame him for kind of talking. Obviously, uh, Colorado state's coach made some comments that kind of bit him in the ass and, and they almost end up getting the win, but put a lot more attention on that game. But Lanning knew, like, Hey, these guys got to prove it. And they really haven't proved it. Let's see what they can do. And this game was over before the first quarter. Uh, is it time for people to jump off the bandwagon or is it just pump the brakes, let this program develop and and they'll be just fine.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, we, we talked about this gauntlet they were, they were facing, uh, you know, from week one that look ahead, look, look what's going to happen. Uh, look, what prime has done there is amazing. And what he's brought to the city, uh, like you said, I mean, and, and the attention that they're getting, it, it's great. It's great for the kids. It's great for the program. You know, like he said in one interview, like 90% of these kids are not going to go to the NFL. Right. But now we're, now we're working on, you know, relationships outside of that, getting in good, you know, jobs or, or good companies. So what he's doing is great. And he's good for the program. He's good for college football. He's a great coach. It's just going to take some time i mean they just a bunch of transfers all over the place like his kids are good the transfers are good the town's there it's just it's not cohesive yet and we we kind of called that and uh I feel sorry for him um, this week at home against USC. So that's going to be, it's going to be, are tough you, one. are you going out to that game? No, unfortunately it didn't work out. My wife doesn't get back till five 30 and um, mm. the flight out was at five twenty. So, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well
0: that, that would have been cool to see.
1: Yeah. It would um, have been, been fun. Uh, I,
0: I will say this about Dion. I, I don't think you've, you've seen a coach in the college rankings, that generally loves his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a clip of him today that came out, and Travis Hunter texting him, I, I I'll do what I got ever I have to do to make it on this. I'm playing, coach. I'm playing Saturday. And he texted him back, I care more about you than this game. It's a game. Get healthy and
2: mm-hmm. then you
0: can come back. I I I just for anybody that wants to trash talk Dion that he oh he's he's a big mouth and this and that, look for that that quote because that's the ultimate coach. That's the ultimate father figure. And if if I'm a parent and I see that and I I I absolutely want my kid playing for him because it just proves that yeah, the game's important. It's USC. It's another game that's gonna be on national TV. It's important, but it's not important as much as the health of that kid. And I just I, I think he's great. He he's he's always been a big talker because he can back it up. And mm-hmm. I truly believe when you come into a situation first year and you have 72 new kids on your team, the chances of success aren't there very high. And we've talked about it before. It takes a little while to build Depth, uh, develop depth on your program, and yeah, you might have you know four stars on your your offensive defensive line and whatnot, but your backup might be a walk on or, or a one star or never got any other offers. So it's gonna take time. I think mm-hmm. he's gonna build this thing up big time, and 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 take last week's games, throw it out the window. This game this week, I, I throw it out the window too because it's really not a fair representation of what that program will be in two or three years i made a comment last week uh we were out and about and people were like oh it's trash they're they're a fraud like they're gonna win a national championship in five years mark my word and, and i believe in dion and i think he will um but i guess the, the one of the big question marks coming into this game was bo Nix. uh a lot of people have forgotten about bo Nix. uh This is his, what, fourth or fifth year? I think it's his fifth year. Fifth year. Uh, Transfer from Auburn. Big hype coming out of Auburn. Uh, Just never seemed to uh, get it together. Goes to Oregon. Playing pretty good. Had a hell of a game, 28 of 33, 276, three touchdowns. Is this a quarterback? And obviously a uh, quarterback-friendly conference with – uh, Caleb Williams with Michael Penix now in DJU and uh, Bo Nix. Is this a quarterback that 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 Oregon can really get behind and lead them to a Pac 12 championship and and maybe even a college football playoff berth?
1: From what I've seen so far, hell yeah! I mean, <laughs> this guy he, he's he's composed, he's make, making all the throws, making the reads. I mean, I what Dan Lanning's done with him, I don't know how he flipped him or what he's done to him, um, but he looks completely different than he did at Auburn, uh, and that's. And I thought he was halfway decent at Auburn, you know. And then when he when he transferred to Oregon, um, he's he's been great. He was great last year. I thought he's, you mm-hmm. know, he's really good last year. So, yeah, the way they're rolling right now, I mean, they keep this momentum going. I don't. I have to look their schedule up, but I mean they they've got some tough you know Washington Utah USC i mean Pac12 is loaded this year it's, in my yeah. opinion it's the best conference it, hands down on paper down. and statistically in football and you know i test as well from what i've seen so right i agree i
0: agree 100% and uh, it, it is kind of a shame that it's it's probably their best year as a conference and it'll and be their last out. year as a conference yeah, yeah. um so I think Pac-12 with Bo Nicks, with that Bo Nix, I think it, it was probably the perfect situation for him going to the Pacific Northwest, where generally people don't really watch, uh, especially when they're primetime games. Not a whole lot of people are watching. Not a lot of people staying up for Pac-12 after dark, except for the crazies. Uh, but I think it was a good situation for him. Boost his confidence. Get in a in a in a. Uh, a system that just don't make mistakes Mm -hmm. kind of like Georgia where they're going to have a good running game they've got a good tight end they've got the pieces just don't make mistakes and kind of built his confidence and and here we go I mean he's he's in the top 10 of talk of the the Heisman and he's deserved it so moving forward I think uh, it'll be interesting to see Uh, his development, uh, more big games. Can he handle it? Which I really think he can. So, um,
1: well, and you know, that's a sign of a good coach and, and, mm -hmm. you know, adapting your system to what you have as far as talent and, and what your strengths and weaknesses are in in your quarterback or offense. And a lot of coaches, that's hard for them to do. They, you you know, they don't want to budge on what their scheme is or whatever, but, Lanning's done a a really good job with him. Um, And it just, it it fits well. And that that goes to show how important it is for a quarterback to fit in the right system, Mm -hmm. you know, to to highlight their talent and and show what they can actually do. And that happens. We see that time and time again in NFL where a lot of wasted talent (laughs) just goes goes by the wayside. yeah, and then you get, you know, you get a Brock Purdy and, you know, Tom Brady. It's, it's just, yep. It's, it, systems it are important.
0: Uh, and I, and I do think Nick's kind of, you know, I, I think we were all a bit surprised, like Oregon, like that's interesting going from SEC to PAC 12, but mm-hmm. here we are, you know, two years later and it, it's just worked out in Oregon's right right there in the conversation. Um, speaking of SEC, This was one game that I felt it was an opportunity for Lane Kiffin to go in there and say, this is my show now. And boy, did he do what Lane Kiffin always does. He blew it. Um, Alabama, it's no secret, they've got a quarterback issue. Uh, Milrow, back at the helm uh, as quarterback, after the week prior at, at South Florida or Central Florida, where they, they went through the first, the, the second and third, which I thought it was funny that Saban kind of made a comment that, well, these guys were going to play because, you know, it's who we were playing. We wanted to give them some reps. I'm calling <laughs> BS on that one. Right. He's not confident. <laughs> and, and this is the first time in a long time where um, there's some question marks in, in Tuscaloosa, especially at the quarterback position. Um, but Jalen Milrow comes in, uh, obviously, like I said, Ole Miss, kind of a, a good story coming in, ranked pretty high. He gets the win. It wasn't anything flashy, but he gets the win. Uh, did Alabama and Milrow turn the proverbial corner after this game?
1: No, not at all. Not at all. This was this – was, uh, my analogy is little brother finally is just the same height as big brother and yep. wants to come in and pick a fight and gets put in his place, and that, that, that's what happened. Um, Kiffin, yeah, he blew it, uh, out. Coached Saban just – he knew he could control the game, running the football, uh, controlling the game clock and you know not relying on a quarterback who he's unsure of and it you know the guy showed up offensive line still pretty good um, yeah. defense is is really good for bama so he's got a lot of strengths there he could rely on and, and he used those to his advantage in this game and i mean it, it was a simple game plan and he knew he knows kiffin he knew what he was going to probably try and it just it just didn't work it was big brother prevails once again
0: and it's interesting up until probably two years ago when Kirby Smart finally got over the hump against his former boss uh, Saban seems to uh, turn the screws and hit the right buttons a little bit harder when he's playing against some of his former assistants Um, Mm -hmm. obviously so because You don't want the student to one-up the teacher. Um, But Lane Kiffin, this this seems to be his MO. Flashy, flashy, flashy. Hype, get that team built up, and then when you need him to really get a big win, he just falls flat. Is he a big-game disappointment coach, or does he not have the right pieces in place to get these big wins uh, done?
1: That, that's a good question. I, I just don't think he's cut out for a head coaching job. I think he's a great OC. Um, mm. I, I just don't think it goes much further than that in college. I think he's got too many moving parts, and he can't, he can't keep control of all of it. And then, obviously, his his offense is suffering because of that. When he's 100% focused on the offense and he's the coordinator, he's great. He's a great OC. Um, but, again, he's – you know, going against a twenty-plus year vet like Saban, I and mean, you're—that's a tall mountain to climb there. And when when you're, you know, a duck on water, <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna fare very well. So uh, he
0: yeah. he has a knack for smelling blood and and just knowing when I, he I'm not ready. I'm not ready to step down. I, it, it's not my time yet, and you'll know when it is and last week it wasn't it so i, I think that's it, it was a it was a failed attempt uh with old miss I think they really could have
1: mm-hmm. um, this was their best opportunity to today yes. that they've had and, yeah it, and they they completely blew it because they did yeah I mean Bama's wounded they're down and out this year um like you said i mean this this could have been a a really big step for Kiffin and Old Miss and, and what it could have done it's... for recruiting, you know, I uh, mean, everything. Yeah. Dude. And I mean, they got a big game this week too, right? Um,
0: yes. Foreshadowing. They've got, uh, let's see, they're playing at home against LSU.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so it,
0: uh, it doesn't get any easier for Lane Kiffin, although right. he is at home. So,
1: mm-hmm. um, uh, Grub's a tough place to play.
0: Yeah. They're, uh, that a little bit of foreshadowing for bonus nuts. We'll be hitting in on that game. So we're going to go around campus uh, and go down the road from actually up the road from where you are down the road from the the Chattanooga boys, uh, Knoxville. I've been telling Al them, them, them volunteer fans. uh, Don't sell your soul for Joel Milton because he will disappoint you. Michigan. He came into this program so hyped. And the very first game, um, I forget who they played, but he looked great, just like he looked great last year in the bowl game.
1: Like Appalachian State or something?
0: (laughs) And then after that, he disappeared. Uh, Two weeks ago, against Florida, he was a no-show. That was the Joe Milton that I was used to seeing as a Michigan fan. Uh, Last week, again... 18 to 31, 209 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, this is a this is a program that is built and that has sold itself on the passing game.
3: Mm-hmm. Josh
0: Heupel is is considered to be somebody that can really get quarterbacks going. I mean, look what he did for Hendon Hooker. Um, he would have been a Heisman Trophy winner unless uh, he blows his knee out. He's, he's uh, third string here on my Detroit Lions. That would be nice to see him one day. But, um, you know, there was a lot of hype coming in with Joe Milton. Uh, Have we seen who Joe Milton really is? Or or is there still hope that uh, Hypo might be able to get him turned around because uh, uh, the rematch is coming up this Saturday against the
1: Gamecocks? No, um, there's no hope. There's no hope for Joe Milton. Uh, I'm sorry, Vols fans. There I agree. Th- he's the same guy he's always been. Like he always comes out, oh, what a great camp he's had. But he's got no pressure on him and there there's no hard decisions. Of course he can he can be somewhat accurate. He can throw it out of the gym. He's Jamarcus mm-hmm. Russell two oh. 100 percent. He cannot he can't hit the he couldn't hit a ten foot by ten foot sign on on a bootleg if he tried. Mm. Like and this guy's just, he's just not it. And again, there's got to be some adaptation there on Heipel's part, in my opinion. You got to make it simpler for him, a little more check downs, a little more yeah. crossing routes, bubble screens, get some confidence, get some completions going. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Milton is unfortunately. <laughs> gonna tank Tennessee this year and they've got a really good team.
0: I, I I'll go back to last week's show. Robbie made a, a pretty good um uh, a read hypo likes to stretch out that offense do you think I, I my opinion I think he needs to bring those ends in a little bit closer and give them some throws that can he can build confidence because it's one thing to to be able to throw it you know, out of the place. And it's another to have accuracy. And he just doesn't have it. And, and I think it's a confidence issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, that may or may not be the case. And we're going to welcome on Raj to the show. Welcome, Raj. What's happening?
2: Oh, uh, you see, this is a Matthew Fritz from the Santa Lucia Highlands. It's a very nice bottle of wine. Uh-oh. <laughs> and after today computer breakdowns being on the road back injury being prepared and 20 30 minutes late which is unprofessional and there's no excuse and using my fucking airpods by the way for those that don't know Robbie, oh you guys have airpods in too my bad
0: no we have we have microphones though
2: oh yes i don't can you hear me tom or is it yeah i can hear you okay
0: well you have your mic
2: I can't. I'm on my phone right now because oh, two okay. computers, iPad is dead, and the Amazon Fire is not supported because it's got silk as the fucking browser. Ah, so okay. it's been a fucking day, bro. But uh, oh, yeah, where are we at? Let me know. Uh,
0: well, sure we were just talking everything. about, and, and uh, fellas, we just got another uh, entrance into the green room. Robbie Davis live? From the dumpster fire we call Florida,
2: what's up, buddy? Hello. America's Wang. Well, hello, Thanks for guys. showing up, asshole. Thanks for showing up. So we hey, were just talking about. Wait. Oh, go ahead.
4: Uh, hey, hey! Sorry, I lo- I logged into Roger's calendar. Are we not
1: on time? Uh,
0: we are. We are right on time. Right on time. So yeah, we were
1: just talking about uh, the shit show, Milton, and the balls. Yeah, we're now. so we're talking about Joe Milton
0: that. and his. Another lackluster performance. Uh, Robbie, you are our resident volunteer fan. Uh, Are you concerned that Joe Milton is just not who I think Volunteer Nation thought he was going to be? That somebody uh, warned you about? Are you concerned (laughs) Um, at all? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs)
4: Yes, I, I am concerned. I think he's, um, he's everything that people did warn us about. But I still think he is. He knows the offense, and it's not an offense that's easily ran by a young kid. So Nico's not ready yet. And then I think the balls win and cover this weekend, and um, the show rose on.
0: Well, they, they better. I mean, it, this is the redemption game. Obviously what the, the Gamecocks did to them last year, they scored so many touchdowns. They ran out of fireworks, which was incredible. Um, uh, so Raj you're our resident PAC 12, uh, participant for one more year. And then you jump on the, the, uh, the good guy, uh, conference,
2: um, i was gonna ask you if i can you know for those who don't know tom does everything and i believe tom put the agenda together and he has it down to each question or did you brandon no that was all Tom. it was fucking tom (laughs) folks he's got it down to every question and everything and that's why i I actually feel shitty despite being a narcissist for being late tom if you give me a second i can answer most of your questions in like two minutes i Um, mean
0: well, I'll, I'll, I'll get
2: straight to your point with the Pac-12. Um, were you about to ask about Michael Penix?
0: I, I'm going to ask about Michael Penix. Another game, four touchdowns, 304 yards passing, 19-25. Um, I like Michael Penix. I thought he was a good quarterback at Indiana. Unfortunately, he had uh, health issues. He couldn't stay healthy the product of the team he played on, maybe offensive line, not, not up to par, probably now he goes to Washington. He's got a better system, a better program. He's healthy and he's showing why he's, he's one of the top quarterbacks. Is he, in your opinion, the front runner for the Heisman at this point of the season?
2: Obviously I'm biased, but I would say absolutely not. And the reason why is you got Boise State, Tulsa, Michigan State, and Cal. All trash secondaries. On top of that, right now, you could argue that their three top receivers are playing better than anyone else in the country, including the great Ohio State Buckeye duo. Because you got three guys that all have over 20 catches. Roma Dunze. And Jalen Polk both have over 20 for over like 400 yards and four TDs each. One six three two fifteen, the other six two two ten. Uh, Jalen McMillan has come out of out of a uh, kind of in the shadow. He's a fourth year senior, uh, but they've kind of waited for this. And um, you got a tight end that stepped up as well, and a great offensive line. So I don't want to play the. He's not that great because everyone else is great game. But with Michael Penix Jr. right now, I will. I think he's a fashionable pick. And, uh, you know, he, he did, he has thrown a few picks, and sometimes he can hold on to the ball a little long. But, you, you know, the, the misnomer, if you will, or misidentification of him is that he likes to take off and run, and he doesn't. He is a legit passing quarterback that will stay in the pocket. And if he continues at this pace, then, yes, he absolutely will. He's completing passes at a 75% click. And this is without much of a run game because they lost uh, Davis, I believe, preseason injury. So right now they're kind of substituting the run um, with a lot of short passing. But still, no matter how you look at it, 16 TDs, 209 rating, uh, that was just in September. Um, yeah. 1,600 yards already and a 75% clip. So no, not my front runner. <laughs> That's me. Welcome back, Raj. Uh, but yeah, I, I get it. Like I get it, but not my front runner.
0: Uh, I'm going to take it back to the, uh, OSU Notre Dame game for you guys. Uh, Robbie, I'll ask you, um, Brandon gave me his opinion on the fact that Notre Dame loses. Now, does this hurt their chances for a, a college football playoff berth? I, I, I'm interested to get your opinion and Raj's opinion on this one.
4: Um, th- this is one of the weakest college football years I can remember as far as who's going to be good and who's going to be not good. Um, you know, I, I was talking about, hey, who knocks off Georgia? Because I can't imagine this Georgia team winning 36 games in a row or whatever it would be. Um, the Pac-12 is going to eat itself, I think. Like, hey, Oregon State lost the game at Washington State. That's a really good team, though. Like, th- like those two teams are going to knock some people off. Yeah. Um,
2: Washington State,
4: Pack Two champs, woohoo! Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, I mean, I think I, think, I think Notre Dame's still in this. I mean, I I just don't think there's any great teams this year. One loss doesn't kill you, and especially if, well, I don't think this will happen. But if Ohio State goes on to win the Big Ten, then that that, that that's a quality loss, and Notre Dame's right in there.
0: Uh, almost hurt helps them.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Raj, what, what's your stance? Because because Brandon and I are kind of on the same page. I think this is a classic example of why Notre Dame needs to latch itself on to a conference because, you know, one loss, it, it could be the end of the season and, and that one loss happens in early or mid-September, and that that really sucks as, as a program. So um, hearing Robbie's stance, what, what do you make of that situation? Are they kind of um, – out of this thing already or do they still have a legitimate chance
2: i mean i disagree in the conference thing i mean the way they got around it this year of all years was to schedule heavy yeah they got some big boys at home but you got ohio state usc hopefully two top five teams we'll see usc won and dropped to eighth at a very good duke Duke. team and riley leonard Mm -hmm. you got hit a team that could run the ball and at clemson and then your usual at stanford and you know they travel all over the country and they're playing all sorts of different offenses all sorts of different teams yeah you know it you had everything in your favor against ohio state you're at home against an inexperienced quarterback with a veteran quarterback you're up four with a minute 26 left you should win that game right. but in the end i think so many pollsters look back and like oh they lost a number four in september or whenever it was and uh i don't even know what month it is it's still september yeah um so no i do not think they are out of it hmm. um i'll say this last thing i'll say totally unrelated marcus freeman is brett Venables. he is a Ooh. coordinator for life there were That's, some uh... Just oh, some
1: idiotic that's things a, said. vegetables. Mm, that's a, vegetables. That's a, that's
2: a
0: bold statement. Uh, and, he and and Raj I the
4: stir fry <laughs> of the vegetables. <laughs>
0: uh, Raj, the I want to ask you. Yeah. I want to ask you this too. Uh, you mentioned Sam Hartman, the veteran quarterback. He looked out of sorts. Uh, he had he had a look on his face like, like like he was a fish out of water at times, and he made a lot of bad decisions throwing the ball. Uh, not 17 to 25, only 175 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think the expectations coming into this game was going to be, and, and I, even made the comment with my buddy, Drew, who we, we, he's a Buckeye fan. who's watching with me. Um, this game's going to come back, come down to the quarterback play and experience. I really thought this was a game where Hartman was going to show, you know, this is me. Uh, this is why I came to Notre Dame to get, the, this team over the the hump of these big games, he just didn't do it. And if not for their running game, I, Ohio State dominates. And so, I, I guess the the whole concern thing might be a little overblown. Is, is Sam Hartman kind of just middle of the road, or or is does he build off this and 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 show why he? Belongs in a conversation of maybe a top three pick in ne- next year's NFL draft.
2: Well, according to my 22 year old niece, he's really cute though. He's got five NIL deals since August and like 11. And he, total,
0: but- he had a rib removed too.
2: Yes. And it's he on did. a
0: necklace. Adam's ribble.
2: Anyways, uh, <laughs> if you would have told me there would be a quarterback one who's a 24 years old and with a very good team and an inexperienced quarterback to go 15 plays for the game winning score with 126 left and then told me it was Kyle McCord I'd be yeah. shocked yeah everything was in his favor and he mm-hmm. didn't take advantage and yeah i mean i think their receivers are questionable at best um for me, it, it comes down to that, you know, also that sneak. Uh, it looks as if on fourth and inches, if you will, is was a little bit longer, but it was a designed play that they tried to get cute, and, you know, they, mm-hmm. they didn't seal, and Ohio State knew it was coming. You saw two guys, I'm sure Chain already hit that, two guys blitz, uh, basically beeline at that 45-degree angle and kill where the tight end is when Notre Dame collapsed. And the irony being in the bush bush, and I'm staring at that. It's inches, dude. It's a, uh, it go over center and push your ass there, especially with Steam A, who missed the block. Why they got cute, I don't know. If yeah. if Hartman, you know, there was a dumb play. He's athletic, but not super athletic. At the same token, if he's a senior leader, in my opinion, this may be harsh, but call that shit off. Yeah. It's a dumbass play against us. And you you know he's got
0: seven you know he's got the the authority to do that being the yeah, experience got... and, and reading a defense and and knowing the situation yeah i mean uh, I, I guess it, it comes back to what i said a couple minutes ago he just he looked lost i guess that's probably the best word to describe i, I I'm watching it I'm like this guy does not look like he's in the zone he doesn't look like he's got it tonight. And, and, it, and it showed. And it I guess it was a – if you're an Irish fan, it's very disappointing.
1: Well, He looked scared to make a mistake yeah. is, is yes. what his issue was.
2: He did look scared. To me, it seemed like the offense. And, I mean, Audra Castime, I think the world saw, is just a beast. And give him the ball. Jerome now, Bettis 2.0. Like, oh, my gosh. And I, mm-hmm. I was at those games, and Notre Dame won eight in a row – no, 12 in a row? But Bettis went for, like, 200 yards of the call of steam in, like, 95, and it sucked. Hey,
4: uh, hey, hey, a few weeks ago, I told you I think Notre Dame can lose four four games. And while I said they could still make the playoffs, they could
1: still also lose four games.
4: They got Duke coming up this week.
1: I think they can lose this week.
4: Yeah, you know. yeah they got Duke. Bad hangover game. At Louisville, yeah. USC, Pittsburgh, at Clemson, like – yeah, Notre well, Dame could—they—they could, they could fall off the rails.
2: Robbie, have you been I, drinking all day? Because I literally said that schedule like three minutes ago. But <laughs> anyway, you look a little red there, lobster.
4: Um, but, uh... Yes, I have <laughs> been answer... drinking all day. <laughs>
2: well, I just started, <laughs> but, so I'm kind of with it. But, but Tom, but, to answer. But
4: but, but you, I'm I'm just saying, like I called Notre Dame could lose four games this did, year. Yeah.
2: You did do yeah. that. Uh, then again, anybody can lose except for Georgia. Bama could lose four games, but no. To answer your question, Tom, I think it's also a, a reflection of kind of a, what looks like a crappy offensive scheme when it comes to the passing game, bad receivers, and yeah, a yeah. guy that didn't look confident in in. And it's I'm a not bad, say bad receivers.
3: It, it was just a
2: bad recipe, and it, it didn't seem like he. I mean, most quarterbacks are licking their lips when they have a chance to win that game at home and with all those things in his favor. Mm-hmm. And he was not licking his lips. No.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I give a little credit to Jim Knowles, too, there on that. I mean, he, he did pretty well at oh, the defensive scheme. All team.
2: credit. All credit. They, yeah. they out-schemed them, just like Dan Lanning did to Colorado. Yeah. It was a joke in terms of defensive coordinating, like, scheming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was too easy.
0: Well, here's a, here's another team – uh, another coach will say that uh, was licking his lips with a minute and a half to play, with an opportunity to go ahead. I'm talking about Clemson, who just signs their <laughs> kicker. I think Tuesday of last week.
2: Guy yeah, he hit a couple
0: Paris? extra points. How the fuck is uh, that? Happen? He missed a 30-yard field goal that could have, you know, put them at on top at that time. Uh, I think from the second quarter of that game on, it was a shootout back and forth. Clemson score, Florida State came back and and, uh, followed suit. Um, Robbie, I'll ask you this. Is Clemson no longer considered a powerhouse program?
4: Clemson's lawyers... Are talking to Michigan State's lawyers <laughs> and figuring out how the hell we get out of this contract. That's what that is. What Clemson's lawyers are doing. What was her I name again? Why?
1: Can you send her our way? I don't know yeah, why it's yeah, funny, yeah, but yeah, Davo's yeah, exactly,
4: Brandon, like Tracy. Who? Yes, like
1: yeah, yes, yes. You yeah, know, we have uh, an
2: internship available.
4: No, yes, yeah, Cle- Dabo. Like, this is look, rhetorical, like Dabo, how would Dabo
2: sign jerk? How would he sound jerking off on the phone? <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God.
4: it>. hey. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. He doesn't oh. even use lotion. He said it,
2: it's okay.
4: <laughs> he, wow. uh, um, no, yeah, I mean, Clemson is uh, they they passed Florida State, then falling back behind, and then now they can't. Dabo's just not embracing what college football no, has become and, and, and for better or worse, but it is what it is. And Davos just falling behind.
0: Brandon, I, I guess Robbie kind of hit on it. Like the thought is there, maybe that there could be a, a conversation with how to get out of that contract. How long, uh, how many more seasons or losses will say before the, the school really looks at Dabble as maybe the problem and, and parts ways with him.
1: I mean, I'd give him two more years. I, I think that's too long, but I think that's what he'll get. Yeah. Um. So, I, yeah, it kind of went back and forth. All right, first game against LSU, Florida State, they looked dominant. They, you know, punched LSU in the mouth. It was like, all right, no brainer here. Then they slipped up against Boston College with, with a really shitty game. And we were like, okay, now ACC's up for grabs again because Clemson started looking better. Um, this was just uh, – I, I don't know if they got out coached or, or, or what happened there. I didn't really watch a whole lot of the game. I caught some highlights. But I, I still think it's – you know, I still think Florida State's not – as good as we thought they were initially, because mm-hmm. um, Clemson's a bad football team this year. Yeah, they're they're not a good football team. And no, this went to what two overtimes? Was that one or one or two overtimes? I think it was this one. Oh, I, I think it overtimes. was like
2: one. They one don't run the ball well, and not Man. just against Clemson. Against BC, their top back at twelve for thirty-eight, I believe. Um, you you can't do that and. Yeah, so
1: yeah, it's just um it's still you know, Clemson this could be Clemson's only loss, and they could they could run the table, come back yeah. in the championship and beat Florida State, and then you know, here we are. So we know that's
2: yeah. not true, you and I. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. Um
4: Well, you no, know, Clemson already so- lost to Duke.
1: Oh well, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, that's right. Well, yeah. Which well, love? They're done. Davo's love for his twin, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cade, yeah. His twin sure son, yeah.
2: Cade Clubnick. Because Duke's about to beat Notre
0: way. Dame again.
1: Yeah, yeah we. So, yeah,
0: Raj. We all know you love Cade Clubnick. Um,
2: not only that, Davo went full on all out, basically sold out Dju. You can read between the lines for the young hands. I'm not going to go anywhere else, but. Um, it, it's funny to me if, if the the talent judgment obviously has changed, the recruiting has changed. Uh, I don't know who they go from or go to from there. That's one thing I'm wondering. It's still Clemson. Yeah. It's still. Yeah. Statt, I mean, who? who, who going to get right now? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think he's pretty safe. Yeah. But uh, you know, they got their national championship. Now sit back and you know win nine to ten games they're halfway decent
1: recruiting too i mean it's you know it's fine they're i mean we'll see no more national championships no we'll we'll see what happens with the the all the recruiting and the uh realignment of the conferences and then i think that's going to make some influence on on his position doesn't seem like
2: they're coaching anyone up Everyone, yeah,
1: it's
4: still you're paying ten million dollars a year. Right. I know, but to you your point, paid, Robbie,
2: yeah. he's not adapting
1: to this
4: no. transfer He's reportable. got
1: to embrace NIL. Yeah. And, yeah. And NIL, like he's two coaches he's trying to stay old school, and it's yep. not going to work.
0: Two coaches uh, that tried that and Nick Saban and and uh, Jim Harbaugh here uh, went into NIL thinking that tradition's going to carry us. They found out. They found yeah. out really quick that this is not the state of college football. You have to embrace it or you're gonna be left in the dust. And I, I think until Dabo uh, realizes that, hey, whether you like it or not, this is this is where we're at in college football. Until they kind of put the clamps on it, you got to embrace it. And and if if he doesn't, it's gonna be a long road for Clemson. And and I just I don't see it ending well for him. But um, like I said, I'm I'm a Michigan fan and I'm biased. I'm partial. I kind of want to get your guys's, uh, thoughts on, uh, obviously cupcake season. I'll be the first to tell you, it drives me crazy because I don't think it prepares these kids for the games that matter. And in last year, it, it, they kind of fumbled a little bit. Obviously they win, uh, a second big 10 championship, uh, in this year, uh, nothing to write home about we'll say uh, last week they covered they they hit the number, which I was surprised. but um, I want to know your stance on it and and is it is it fair that they're still ranked number two in the country? I'll start with you, Raj.
2: First of all, if you look at ESPN by the way, on college football, it's you want to see Phil Knight and Nike money that Rob talks about. it says bodacious. The B.O. and Green, uh, they're already starting their campaign, which is so them. Yeah, it's fair, man. I mean, again, if you look at that team and for those that, you know, understand football, it starts in the trenches and they're still right now the best team in the country in the trenches, it appears. Now, yeah, the schedule's not the same. And you said in big games, lately it's been one game. Um, I do question the game breaking, as I said before, on the outside. But when you look at that defensive line and that offensive line, I just see, like, Stonehenge. Like, I see blocks that don't move. And I don't see that anywhere else right now in terms of technique and everything. Now, Georgia's got guys that look like that, but they're young. Um, Michigan, to me, is the most polished team in
0: terms of the offensive and defensive line, Robbie, where uh, where do your stance uh, uh, you, w- with Michigan as an outsider looking in?
4: Yeah, and so th- this is, this is where preseason re- rankings are stupid. Um, my top two or top three teams so far are Washington, Oregon, and USC. <clears throat> They've looked the best to me, like. Georgia being number one, I think it's ridiculous. Michigan being number two is ridiculous. They just haven't played anybody. And so it's just this. Yeah, I mean, hell, that'd be like me talking to Raj every day on the phone. Of course I'm gonna be better than him. But you know, we don't do That's that Fantasy team
2: doing, dude.
4: Hey, <laughs> 70% playoff percentage.
0: And and Brandon, obviously, you're you're the you're the enemy. <laughs> Uh, yeah so, but you you're definitely not one to let that kind of judge what you feel so as a Buckeye fan where do you think Michigan stands at right now
1: no I'm I'm a realist dude um, Michigan right now is a better team um, than Ohio State for sure uh, in the trenches like Rogers Point and that's, uh, that's where this game – so I, I think I've said this before on this podcast. I mean, Ohio State typically – I mean, with Kyle McCord this year, it's it's a little sketchy. Um, it's getting better. But typically, Ohio State is built to win championships. Michigan is built to beat Ohio State. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's like – they, that's that's their drive. That's that's what they've done. I mean, let's be honest. We've beat them for how many years in the past? and <laughs> yeah, In the past is that. what you said there. That was operative. In the yeah. past, exactly. Don't remind now. Me. Don't remind now, me. <laughs> Michigan. I'm nervous every time we play them, and for good reason. Um, there, I just hope that we can continue to get better and and have somewhat of a a good game and and hopefully win this year. But Michigan being number 2, where else are they going to go? I mean, th- they're a good team and uh, to Robbie's point, preseason rankings once you're once you're slotted and you know, they're averaging what 32 points a game or something like that, 33 points a game. I'm, they're winning their games pretty ha- handedly. It, 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 I mean, where are you going to put? It? You can't drop them. I mean, they're already there, so until these teams get into the meat of the schedule, where they start playing some other other good teams, that's when you're going to start seeing separation. But where
4: do, where do you think Michigan would be in the college football playoff rankings?
2: Ooh, um, I've got so based on now. I mean, yeah, I think they would be. I won. see your point. It it, it would be reputation. In, yeah, uh, I think they'd still be number two. I think it's uh, two. You would put
4: Michigan number two.
2: Yeah. No, but so the voters. I've are got. The idiot I've voters. Got Washington, of the country would.
1: I've got Washington. Uh, Michigan. Oregon. No, I think Oregon is gonna fall by the wayside. But I no, but we have but Ohio but,
2: State, man. That's
1: I don't the have best Ohio win State of the in here.
2: Ohio State won. I mean, Texas, Texas,
4: Oklahoma. Yeah, that was
2: a good win. At the risk of derailing, I want to ask Tom a quick question. I know where we're going to go. Tom, I think Ohio State has a higher ceiling than Michigan. Am I right?
0: I I think you can be. And it it goes back to what what Brandon said. You sound like Um, my wife. This this team and it's been said time and time again, yeah, Ohio state's built for the college football playoff and, and Michigan, uh, you know, and this started back in the Schembechler day, like everything was about winning the big 10 and, and Harbaugh has kind of uh, gone by that moniker. So um, I, I I probably would agree with you. Yeah. Their, their ceilings a little bit higher. Um, They have a little bit more uh, in certain areas, that Michigan doesn't specifically uh wide receiver and then skill position. Michigan has has some yes, things yes. that that Ohio much, State doesn't have. So much no trenches,
1: trenches you much guys more dominate. steady. Yeah. yeah. Trenches you guys dominate skill positions I think we're better. Uh, offensively yeah. and in even in the secondary I think we're a little better. But it's still like Colorado trenches. Oregon trenches are i mean that's where the games won and it's very important and and michigan has been been brutal the last two years so right um, so yeah we'll see
0: talking about rankings we're going to give our reckless speculation top five rankings obviously this is not based upon what espn or the ap says this is what We, as the Reckless Speculation representatives, watching games, how we feel the top five is. And Brandon, I'm going to start with you. What is your top five for this week?
1: I'm going to go Georgia, Washington, Michigan, USC, Ohio State. Okay. Robbie, who you got?
4: Um, I've got FSU. Oh. <laughs> um,
1: he has been drinking all day. <laughs> I
4: have Washington, Oregon, Utah, Oof. and USC. West Coast USC.
0: That is uh that That's would be one. defined as a reckless speculation nah, top man. five. That is the name of the show, folks. Uh and I like it. I like it. I like the tenacity.
4: Hey, is a top five or top six team. FSU beat them. I will I'll stand by my picks.
0: Hey, yeah. LSU got that coach.
2: Who loves his family?
0: Uh Raj, yeah. what's your top five for the week?
2: Um, I got the same first two UGA and Michigan. I'm gonna throw Texas in there because Alabama proved with a team like Ole Miss going three for 14 on third downs, that uh, you beat that team no matter what defensively. I don't care about the offense. You're a good-ass team. Um, I got Utah at number four because they have super impressive wins without an All-American quarterback, quarterback, which is insane. And Whittingham gets the most out of his players. no doubt about that. At at number five, I'm torn between – USC, Oregon, Washington, and Penn State. Mm. I'm not going FSU because I don't like their inability to run the football. I think they've been playing with fire. I know what you think about Penn State. I think they are usually hype, but I don't know, man. There's just something about this team that they just looked faster and whether it's now or later, LR is going to be a Heisman guy. Like he's going to be in New York. Um, and a couple years, you know, in a couple years. I know he only had like 160 yards or whatever, but um, it was raining very balanced. His defense, now, true. And James Franklin is a dildo, but um, I, I just think don't disrespect right dildos. True, true, <laughs> true. Uh, but I, I, I think they're right up there, and I, I, I think they're all ahead of FSU.
0: Well, I've got number one, and I, I hate, and it pains me to say this because I, I just I, everything about this state, I'm not a fan of their pro team and their college team, but I, I, I think they've probably got the most complete team and that's Texas got them. Number one, uh, Michigan. I'll take number two because we all know what Harbaugh is infamous for. He keeps that playbook just enough. And then as the games get bigger and more important, the playbook opens up. So I keep them at number two. Um, I think Ohio state proved a lot this past week going into Notre Dame at night, which, you know, I've, I'm one to say, You play a primetime game at home. The chances of you winning are a little bit higher. Ohio State went in there, and they got the job done. They did what they had to do, moved them up to three. Washington, number four, and uh, Oregon, after what they did to Colorado, I think that gets them into the top five. So, uh, Hey, hey Rob, who are you partying
2: with? Because we can all hear them.
4: Um, Yeah, I'm super uh, nice – if they're going to pick up, yeah. Yeah, we're about to assume this is beach house, I guess. Yeah.
0: So that's my, that's my top five. And now we're going to move love it. on. Love it. We're going to move on to a new segment <laughs> game balls Robbie. and fumbles for the week.
4: Yeah, sorry.
0: Do you have another fucking um, room there, bro? So basically, who got your game ball for the week and who just fumbled it? Uh, Raj, we're going to start with you. Who's your game ball and fumble for the week?
2: I saw this. Can you come back to me? I, I saw this in yeah. your amazing write-up, but I'm flustered, which doesn't okay. happen often.
0: Br- Brandon, I'll start with you.
1: I know. All right. I've got a, a game ball and a fumble, um, which neither are going to players. They're going to coaches. In my mind. Game ball is Dan Lanning's pre-game speech to Oregon about prime time and <laughs> Hollywood and we play this game on the field and we play for wins, not clicks. Now that was
0: that needs to be on a t-shirt.
1: It was it was definitely motivation. We I, like we talked earlier, Tom. I love Prime. I love everything he's doing for the program. Mm-hmm. Um, no hate against him whatsoever. And he owned it at the end of it. He he had a really good conference afterwards saying, you know, they expect to perfection. They they want to go out and win every game, and that's just you know their mo. Blah blah. blah. But but what a speech that was. Um, so I'm gonna give him the game ball. And then, as far as the fumble goes, it's it's going to Marcus Freeman and and the Fighting Irish. Uh, Ten guys on the field for two plays straight. Yeah, I mean, come on, bro, what are you doing? Look, Twice like, in the same month, they
2: did it yeah, earlier in the month. You
1: know, and, and he can play it off saying, "Well, we didn't want to draw a penalty, Bob." Don't give me that shit. You didn't know what was going on. You nobody was counting your guys. There's <clears> always a designated guy that counts the freaking players, whether it be a player, whether it be an assistant coach, whether it be somebody. I mean, we had that in high school. Come on. Like somebody's always counting players. Um, So to tell me that you you didn't want to draw a penalty, especially on the one-yard line, I mean, what are you going to give up? Six inches, half the distance of the goal line? Come on. Get another guy out there. Yep, he absolutely. later
2: said they should have a call to draw an offside. Like that should be mm-hmm. something. Oh, for sure. They haven't, they haven't done that yet, though. And well, he said I, the I coaches think, were stuck watching the game like I think,
1: others. I, I think they had no idea was there were ten plays on the field and they tried to play it off in the,
2: yep. in the So yeah, he They just didn't because it happened for two plays and once earlier in the month.
1: Robbie, who's your
0: game ball and your fumble?
4: Uh, game ball, I agree with what Brandon said. Dan Fanning. Since he lost that opener to Georgia,
3: mm-hmm.
4: Oregon has been one of the most impressive programs in the last two years. And, look, I know Oregon has all the money in the world, but an NFL team's going to come calling. And, hey, guys, he coached under Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. It's a pretty if, good resume. If Nick – if Nick goes, if he wants to retire, that's that's the one to go. The uh, fumble of the the week for me was Lane Kiffin. Oh my mm. gosh, that this is your chance to beat Nick Saban. And we, yep, we it, talked about
2: it
0: earlier. We talked he's about. He had it a
2: lot of chances to do
4: that. You shit the bed, man. That was mm-hmm. that, that was one. that was the worst performance. Yep. of a team that should beat a wounded Alabama team. And just, uh, yeah, so he, 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 he's, he's the, the dog of well, well said.
0: All right, Raj, are you ready? I'm, uh, I'm ready. Game ball uh, and fumble.
2: <clears throat> so Rob kind of stole a little bit of thunder. Alabama defense was right up there. Uh, but my game ball goes to former Incarnate Word Division two, I believe, BCS, Catholic school, private, in Texas quarterback who transferred to Washington State, Cam Ward. Cameron Ward was 28-34 for 404 yards and four TDs in Washington State's win. He uh, also had a, a touchdown on the ground this year. So far, 1,400 yards, 13 TDs, no picks. If anybody's seen this team, and, and they're one of those teams kind of like Utah that adapts, to the lack of talent, their offensive scheme changes. Maybe Notre Dame should listen to that. Uh, But, you know, last year, 23 TDs and nine picks when people said he couldn't make the jump. Cam Ward was outstanding. Uh, He made the plays. They were up 35-14 to start the fourth. But when you look at key conversions and whatnot, he showed his leadership ability. And I was super impressed with that. My fumble is... Notre Dame's green jerseys. Oh, I, th- uh, I thought they were sweet. I like yes, them. Yes, they are a gimmick. And to me, when I see a team that comes out with somebody that needs an added boost, it means they can't handle us. And hmm. if you look back at their history, I think the last time they won a big game in the green jerseys was probably a bowl game with Jerome Bettis before that. Was Joe Rudy Montana. playing on defense? Exactly. Um, I was at the Bush Push game, and Charlie Weiss pulled him out, and we know how that happened. He pulled him out two years later against USC at home. The final was thirty-eight nothing. Um, they were number eight in the country under Tyrone Willingham in two thousand two, and they lost to an unranked BC fourteen to seven. I just like left my body and came back. I remember that, but I seriously don't remember what time we start. This it's is why gimmick. we allow you to come on and be in half an I hour Oh, I know, I know. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the Indian in me. It's, uh, it's a gimmick. and I think Hey, it's hey Raj and was very, very late for his plane,
4: by the way. We, Raj and I were on the same plane, and Raj was very late.
0: Uh, of
2: course he was. Of hey, course he Raj was. didn't sleep all night the night before, and our flight was at 646. Part of the reason why Raj is still a disaster right now, who had a red eye back from California, but anyways... No bitching point being um, they're fucking gimmicks and you don't need it. And they keep doing it. By the way, I got to mention fourth and short Notre Dame and Hartman, not getting it. Push, push green jerseys.
0: Hilarious. A little, a little, uh, a little (laughs) karma there. Um, My, my game ball this week. And I'm, I'm gonna catch a lot of flack from my fellow Michigan fans, I'm sure, but I don't care. It's Kyle McCord. This kid had a minute twenty-six to get the job done. And he got the job done. Uh everything that we've kind of seen from him this year said this is a Notre Dame win. Yeah. Primetime game. All eyes are on him. He just made the big throws when he had to. Uh just was the Good game manager, uh, didn't let the, the moment get too big. And and I think that speaks volumes about the kid um, and his confidence going to be abound as the season goes. I wish him luck until the end of November uh, when he has to come here to Ann Arbor. But um, in my fumble, it was going to be uh, Notre Dame's coaching staff. But I'm going to go with <laughs> different coaching staff. I'm going to go Davo Sweeney's uh, coaching staff. Uh, this was a huge game and you're relying on a kicker that you just brought on the team uh, four days prior uh, to kick for your program uh, that that doesn't speak very highly of of your abilities to to pick kids in the right positions. When you have to bring a kid in uh, in week four of the season that's never never played college football, you bring him in. Uh, I, I just think it's a bad look. And it, and it bit him in the ass because they he missed a big kick. And uh, the rest is history. Florida State goes on the win. So uh, the Clemson coaching staff, special teams, just not having uh, the right personnel to get the job done. So that's my fumble of this week. We talked about
2: their recruiting. You nailed it.
0: Bam
2: uh, always gets five-star kickers. Michigan does. This guy was at the Eiffel Tower.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't – it's just a bad look, so – All right, folks. You know what time it is. It's time for Bet Your Nuts. That's right. It's Super Bet Your Nuts. It's a bonus nut, ladies and gentlemen. uh, As we've... (laughs) So this, this college football season, we picked, we picked several games that we're going to bet on. Some have been a little bit better than the others, uh, but oh well, I, I only room for improvement. So we're going to start this week. We're going to head out to the Pac-12, the aforementioned Utah Utes going into Corvallis of Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State's a three-point favorite here. Uh, Raj, this is your home conference. We're going to start with you. Utah,
2: easy. You, you don't bet against Whittingham. Uh, Whittingham, sorry. They play very similar styles. I think Rising will be back, but if not, um, literally mirror images with a better coach team in Utah. And to give them three is crazy to me. Robbie.
4: I just don't know anymore. Um, I think that I like Utah, and so I'm going to bet Utah. But people should bet Oregon State. But my pick is going to yeah. be Utah.
2: We did not do well.
1: No.
0: Brandon Chain, uh, who do you like up there in uh, the Pacific Northwest?
1: Yeah, I mean, Utah's one of, the better, one of the better teams in the country. Oregon State's good. They're, they're not that good. Um you're giving me three points with Utah. Come on, all day, hammer this on. Oh <laughs> well, That's
0: since since you guys all went Utah, oh no, I need all the help I can get, ladies and gentlemen. Give me DJU to make a big uh, splash uh, and and get the win. So I'm taking Oregon State in this one.
4: Oh, moving wait. on to. What? All right, Tom, are you tracking this? Are you keep, keeping track of this? Or uh, I don't I, have I, a note card in front oh, of me.
0: Well, i I can do that. I can do that. So, um,
1: all right, we Raj, got Robbie Utah, one for Oregon State, Brandon and me. So Sorry guys,
0: Utah, I'm just Utah, this week. Utah. Uh, Brandon, we're going into Boulder. Uh, yeah. Colorado embarrassed last week. We talked about it earlier. Not looking very good this week against SC coming into town with an 11 a.m. local time kick. Uh, nothing says get up and get ready for that game like an 11 o'clock kick, but uh, not, 21 a.m. Oh, it's 9 a.m. local time?
2: No, it's 9 a.m. for us, for SC. Oh, oh okay, I got I you. It's... Wait, believe SC... 10 a.m. No, it's SC. 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah it's SC, 10, a.m. 10
0: a.m. 10
1: a.m. 10 a.m. local. Yeah, it's that's noon that's, Eastern.
4: Yeah, you're right.
0: You're 90 absolutely 90. right. Yep. it's like fucking time. COVID time. Dude. That's ridiculous. Um, USC 21 and a half favorites. Brandon, who do you got?
1: Oh man, you know I had tickets to this game. I was telling you guys, and I just I couldn't make it work. My wife's in the Bahamas for her birthday, and she doesn't get back. The flights just didn't work out. Can't hide money. Uh unfortunately, I'm not going to make it to Boulder, which would have been a sweet, sweet game to go to. No, you know, no heart in the game, just to go watch good football. 21 and a half. That's, that's a lot. Um But you got the Heisman front runner in USC and Caleb Williams and, Colorado is gonna get another little slap in the face a little bit here. And um, I'm sorry, this is the comment we talked about after week one, this is what they're gonna face. And I think, I think 21 and a half is easily covered. And um, yeah, I mean, Prime's a great coach. Like I said, it, it, no slack on him. It's gonna take a few years to recruit depth and, and compete with these teams.
0: Robbie what do you got
1: in this one um yeah so now I'm a USC fan because
4: I want uh Caleb Williams to be healthy throughout the season so he can be a Titan next year so I am (laughs) uh, yeah yes so I am I am rooting for both the Titans to lose every game now and USC to win every game and so uh yeah I think.
2: The irony with Josh Dobbs being. <laughs> you just muted yourself, Robbie.
1: He has no idea. What's going you're
2: on. on fire, dude. You muted yourself. No, his headphones died. Ah. You don't know dude. how to work headphones?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you're. All right. All
0: right. Uh, Raj, I, I have a feeling I know where you're going on this one
2: actually you probably don't uh by the way my boy Deach with uh the dodgers sent me the bobblehead i wanted caleb williams uh he threw out the first pitch so future prepare. titan but uh yeah you, hey yeah hey, can Josh your boy Dawes get me can your boy get
0: get you another one to send to the speakeasy
2: dude this was actually not as hard to get as what what's funny as far as i know is he's only the third person not a dodger the first was kobe bryant that got a bobblehead and lebron james and now caleb williams um he's got a dodger hat on uh also sent a signed fernando Venezuela program uh for my little one and an, and a jd martinez bobblehead ironically enough mm. so it was pretty cool uh i think we're going to be out there for the nlds so we'll see but i i think colorado is they're coming home and Oregon had a great defensive game plan, and Dan Lanning is exponentially better than that dildo Alex Grinch. SC won 42-28. They dropped three spots in the polls, but if you looked at Arizona State's touchdowns, they were all kind of like Tennessee versus Florida, like just big plays, missed tackles that should not have happened. And that's a concern. I know they're without Hunter. I know they can't run the ball as much, but I think they're going to come out fast-paced, going to throw everything. This is their game of the year, and I expect USC to win, but I think it's going to be 42-28 tight, so I will take Colorado
0: to cover. I like USC. I I think uh, they cover here, Um, and we'll stick with you, Raj, for... The Kansas Jayhawks going into Austin to face my number one team in the country, Texas. Uh, Texas is giving them 17 and a half. What do you like in this one?
2: Two words, Jalen Daniels. Three words, baby.
0: So you're going Jayhawks? Jayhawks. To cover? To
2: cover. Robbie. But I would not be shocked. They won this game. Oh, you just you
4: just took the words out of my mouth not only give me Kansas to cover give me Kansas to win because Tom has them as his best team in the in the country and
1: that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Brandon Shane. Yeah this makes me sad that Robbie just picked the same damn team that I'm picking. So, <laughs> uh, I've got Kansas to cover not win but I've got them to cover I think I think Texas probably wins by Three. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game oh!
0: uh, Again, uh, I need all the help I can get, folks Well,
1: they're your number one This is a shocker yeah. Are you
0: being different just to be different?
1: <laughs> um, You've,
4: Tom's, in, give, <laughs> Tom's in desperation mode
0: <laughs> I, wow. I, I'm up to here in uh, the ground right now How's uh, that lone wolf thing worked out for you? So yeah, it's, it's Not so good Hey, that's so good. We're heading to uh, Lane Kiffinville, where Coach, who loves her family, is going in. Two and a half point favorite going on. Um, Brandon, who do you like in this game?
1: I like Old Miss to bounce back right here. After this, you know, little spanking by Big Brother that – Lane Kiffin took. I think they bounced back. Uh, Although LSU's been playing well, Old Miss is a good team, so it's in the Grove. I mean, come on, that's a tough place to play. So,
0: Robbie Davis.
4: Um, I think at this point, Lane Kiffin is who we thought he was. He's not like this savior or a good coach or anything like he's just mediocre at life. And I think Brian Kelly's a little more mediocre than Lane is, and so give me the more mediocre coach of these SEC West teams, so I'll take LSU.
0: All right. Raj uh, which mediocre coach uh, do you prefer in this, this <laughs> match?
2: <laughs> you know, up until last week when – I don't know how good Arkansas is, but I like the LSU defense. thought they had a few bad breaks against Florida State, and I would have taken them all day against former SC quarterback Jackson Dart and Ole Miss. But they didn't look that great. Um, however, I will still take them – against an Ole Miss team because I don't believe in Lane Kiffin being able to – great coaches have their teams respond uh, when under the pressure, when they need to the most. And Lane Kiffin definitely is not that. And I don't think Jackson Dart is that quarterback. And I will take LSU, even though Brian Kelly is a supreme douche. uh, (laughs) I think they've just got – you know enough speed on defense and enough on offense to to make that uh, Ole Miss team guess a lot. Uh,
0: and I will take Ole Miss as well. I, I or I should say not as well. I I'll agree with Brandon here. Uh, I think they recover. Uh, Lane Kiffin seems to win games um, when when he should have won it the week prior. We'll just say that uh, last week was his opportunity, uh, and he fumbled. Uh, he could have been my fumble for the week, but uh, give me Ole Miss. Here's here's the sneaky game of the weekend, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Notre Dame coming off a really bad home loss, like we 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 you know beat the dead horse over, going against a, a Duke team that uh, has been really good. Has been really good this year. Uh, this number really surprises me. Notre Dame giving uh, five and a half. I'm a little surprised with this one. Um, Raj, what's your take on this game?
2: Notre Dame by a touchdown. I think they were kind of shell-shocked. That's a bad word, but uh, under the pressure at home and whatnot, and I think they're going to come out and they've learned a bit of a lesson. Hopefully they have 11 guys on the field on offense and defense throughout the game. But um, I think Duke's beat a Clemson team in the first game of the year with a little bit of emotion and hype. And I I, I think Notre Dame is going to respond. Now, that being said, is this a night game? Not that it matters a ton, but just weird stuff happens at night. I forgot if it was a night game or not. 7.30 p.m., I'll still take Notre Dame. I think they respond. They're a good team. Robbie?
4: Yeah, I don't know if you guys have looked at Notre Dame's schedule or if you've seen who they're going to play. I think they're going to lose four games, and this is one of them. <laughs> and so, yes, I think they lose this game. So give me Duke in this game. Um, I just – yeah, it, it's it's Duke's one time to shine on this stage. And I just don't think Notre Dame's very good.
0: Bren.
1: Uh, give me Notre Dame here. I think they win by 10. I think, you know, the Duke-Clemson uh, deal or whatever in the beginning, that, that was a lot of hype. Duke's kind of been whole home after that, not so good. I think they respond. I think Marcus Freeman learns from his mistakes. Hopefully they get 11 players on the field at all times and they can they can take this game. But I think Sam Hartman – there's a little more composure in this game, a little more confidence. Brandon just wants Ohio
4: State to have a good win. That's all he wants.
2: <laughs> Who doesn't?
1: No, I, I mean, uh, dude, I thought we were going to lose against Notre Dame. Trust me.
0: I, I agree. I, I like Notre Dame here. I think this game's close to about the maybe the eight-minute mark of the fourth quarter, and, and Notre Dame's maybe depth, comes into play and experience with Hartman. So give me Notre Dame to win this game. The redemption game, like we spoke of earlier, the Cox, specifically the Gamecocks heading into Knoxville. Folks, they're bringing out the black uniforms again. Like they need that to inspire.
3: Mm.
0: What did you say uh, a little bit ago, Raj, about uh, changing uniforms? Uh, maybe Get that represents something. Um, Brandon Save it for Georgia. <laughs> Brandon, who do you like in this this matchup?
1: Oh my God, this is one I'm so torn on. So Vegas is begging you to take South yep. Carolina here. Yep. Um, and God, Joe Milt looks just so awful. But I'm going <laughs> to take Tennessee here. I don't know why. Uh I think just because I think Vegas is begging you to take South Carolina. Uh
0: I'll I'll come to you last, Robbie. Uh Raj, who do you
2: like? Robbie, agree or disagree, the Tennessee secondary has been much better than yeah. we expected. Yes. And if those that don't know, I mean, they have – yeah, UTSA didn't have Frank Harris, but they have limited guys throughout. I mean, Graham Mertz had 160 yards and was short passing, but it's just so hard to know because Virginia, Austin P, are just dump off guys. Uh, Mertz can't throw in UTSA at a backup. So <laughs> – this is a toss-up to me. I think Tennessee wins the game. Um, I talked myself into a change because I, I believe, based on the four teams they've played and the four quarterbacks, that Rattler can do enough downfield to cover. But I will take Tennessee to win by a late field goal.
0: I agree. Oh. I agree with this one. I, with you, uh, Raj, I think Rattler has the ability. He looked pretty decent against Georgia. Um, Georgia's, I think, strength came out in the end, which caused uh, them to win that game. But um, Tennessee's going to win, uh, but I think it's within ten. Um, so give me, give me South Carolina to cover, Robbie. I've been waiting uh, for this one. Yes,
4: yeah, so this mm-hmm. is this, this is a night game in Neeland. Hey. Cooper Mays is coming back. Um, this is gonna be the first home game the students have had all year long. It's gonna be rowdy. South what about last
2: year? Sorry to interrupt, but Wait, no, there's got to be some be, revenge factor.
4: Yeah, South Carolina won't be able to hear. Um, it's going to be a lot of South Carolina offense on the field. This is a not. I wouldn't say staple win because it's not going to be that big of a deal until you beat Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee covers easily. This is this, this is. Talkeetna cannot move the ball in Neyland Stadium.
2: Okay, and it's a night game. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah.
0: And our final pick for the week: uh, the Bulldogs going into Auburn. Let's face it, guys. Georgia has not looked like the Georgia that we've seen the past two years. Is it inexperience at the quarterback position? I mean, it seems to be that might be the case. Their defense looks pretty strong. Um, So, 14 and a half uh, point favorite going into Auburn. Uh, Raj, who do you like in this one?
2: I'm like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Why is,
2: what is Vegas up to? Uh, uh, They, Auburn, Peyton Thornton threw for 44 yards last week and he was a starting quarterback. They got smoked by a shitty A&M team 27 to 10. You can't run on Georgia, you can't throw on Georgia. What the fuck is happening? 14 and a half. I thought it was 44 and a half. And I'm still having issues from the weekend, but oh my god, mortgage on Georgia.
0: Yeah. Robbie.
4: Yeah, what he said. I mean, yeah, like yeah. I don't think this is a great Georgia team. I mean, well, it's, it's 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 a less great Georgia team than the teams of the past, but Auburn's not good at all. And no, yeah, no. I get it's all it's uh at Jordan Hare, but it's like still uh it's still Georgia who has recruited way better than Auburn has, and they they have way better players and yeah, and yeah. That, yeah, give me Georgia.
0: <laughs> uh Brandon, uh, I I have a feeling you're gonna follow suit.
1: Yeah, I I didn't even realize Auburn was playing football this season. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it, it's it's been bad. My brother-in-law is a huge Auburn fan, so sorry to him, but uh, they're just atrocious. Like fourteen and a hat, really? Like to you, something's I mean, up, dude. Something's like, up. Like, What is going on here? This feels like a draw somehow. Um, But I'm going to take Georgia anyway, and I would – yeah. I mean, if Auburn covers 14 and a half, we got to reassess our –
2: Give them the people's championship like they claimed in 2004. Uh, I will
0: go Georgia as well uh, for the simple reason uh, Peyton Thorne, who used to play at Michigan State – the previous couple of years who um, in the COVID season, he looked okay. But after that, not so much. He transfers to Auburn last week was an example why uh, he wasn't getting it done at Michigan state. So give me Georgia to uh, win that game. Um, I, I Maybe three touchdowns, maybe 17. Uh, again, their, their offense has not been impressive. Uh, they've been squeaking by this, this uh, the past couple of weeks. So, uh, but their defense will keep them uh, in a position to uh, get some scores in uh, to get the win. And, so, uh, and,
4: and quick shout out to uh, Stetson Bennett the third or the fourth wherever he is. Hopefully he gets himself some help. I know he he left the the, the team and yeah uh, for alcohol problems. So hopefully he gets himself some help. As yeah, you so saw that coming. Being
0: uh, being yeah. in LA, if you're uh, you have an alcohol addiction, that's that's a tough uh, uh, pill he,
4: he or a shot to swallow. That, 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 that's wonder, why I moved, you wonder you how, how much they hit. Uh, the Tennessee. Yep.
0: All right, fellas, we're moving on to our final segment. Final words, um, Brandon. Final words for this evening.
1: Oh, man. What a stressful weekend I went through watching damn Buckeyes come down to the final second. I turned like three shades grayer. Um, It was a good game. Good resiliency. uh, Good poise. McCord, I didn't think, had it in him, and it really – really gave me hope for this this season moving forward. You know, the, this college game is survive in advance and get better as you do it. And, and I think we got a shot. You know, we've got a lot of good skilled position players. If we can just somehow put it together, um, I, th- I think we got a good shot this year. Yeah, I mean, and, and to Robbie's point, earlier, there's no overwhelmingly great standout like this team's going to win it all, um, team this year. So I, I think Pac 12 is the strongest conference by far. Um, and they're <laughs> this is their last year too, which is kind of ironic. It's so Pac 12 of them. So, uh, like 10,000 spoons, all he needs a knife. I'm just looking forward to a, a really good <laughs> football college, well said. uh, season the rest of the rest of this year and and man anxious to see how it plays out.
0: Robbie Davis, what are your final thoughts for this tonight? So,
4: you know, you like to think of yourself as a good person and you try to do the right things, the right times. And I do that most of the time, but this weekend I've, Beat a man so badly on his birthday weekend that it is uh, it, it is uh, it is it is a shame to say. Um, so Kirk Cousins, oh, wait wait, uh, let me read my lineup. Let me just, just just tell you. So Kirk Cousins, Etn, Ford, Devontae Smith, Lockett, Kelsey, Michael Thomas, the Chiefs, and Michael Gay. They beat the birthday boys so badly that it just wasn't even funny. Tom, I am two in one and one. Okay. I'm feeling good about the playoffs. Um, it, thoughts and prayers are looking good. The, so my final thought th- thoughts are pretty, pretty optimistic about my fantasy football team.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh uh, I, uh, on the fantasy football front, uh, I played Rich this past week. I lost by a half a point. I put up Dude, 100, 171 points, and I lost. Uh, I lost a
2: championship by half a point. I think it was to Blake, un- by the way. Un- championship, one. like two grand.
0: Mother Raj, bitch. what's your final words tonight?
2: My final words are exactly what I said about USC last year when it comes to Colorado. <laughs> That You can get skill position. You can get highlights. You can get guys with speed in one year. What you can't get is depth. What you can't get is extreme talent on the offensive and defensive line. What you really, 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 really can't get is offensive and defensive line depth. And we saw that with Colorado. They were – Oh, perfect head spinning they had no idea what's happening can you still hear me yep. <laughs> um keep going yeah uh that was i'm on my iphone now i'm going randall so it got low battery on me but it it was uh you, you just can't do that in one year now two years it'd be still around three years if norvell chokes dion's gone in my opinion but in one year you saw what what we've been saying the entire time you can't change a program in one year right yep
0: and my final words this week are uh shame on you fox sports and what i mean by this is you put an absolute clown show on your highly rated college football big noon sunday and i'm talking about clay travis this guy uh, is uh, the, the dustbin of society. He's nothing more than a, a, a conspiracy theorist. And I don't want to get political, but if you ever look at his Twitter account, uh, it, it's disgusting. And the fact that Fox Sports, ironically enough, has nothing to do with Rupert Murdoch, he does not have control of that. But they put this guy out there on their program – uh, it really kind of represents everything that's wrong. I will read his tweet he said about Travis Kelsey, and it, it, it's shocking that, that they allow this nonsense to be on their program. Uh, Travis I'm Kelsey punk. is doing Bud Light and COVID shot commercials. He needs to fire all his marketing agents, or he needs to just go ahead and cut his dick off, become a chick, and endorse Joe Biden. What part of that is belongs in sports? None of it. And Fox Sports, shame on you for giving him a platform, allowing that nonsense to be representing essentially what you, you believe in. And if, if I'm some of those co-hosts, I look at that Twitter account and I, and I hold him accountable. And I don't know why they haven't. It. And it's the number one reason why ESPN will and always will be uh, the 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 choice for me and many others in their uh, college pregame with the game day. So I'm just I'm appalled that that uh, it's such a, a highly watched program chooses to put somebody like that um, on their their platform, and it's just it's it's a shame and. and I had to get it off my chest and I figured this was a good hey, opportunity to do it.
4: Hey, hey, Tom, that's Rob, well said. we can I, wax I, on this idiot I, forever. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen I I haven't that's well said. And I think <laughs> to be employed even though Fox sports isn't part of Fox News, they have to be vaccinated too. So he is vaccinated, mm-hmm. like he's such yeah. a clown show. Yep,
2: yep. Let's yep. not let me end the show with this, and trust me to quote the great no, not great. Dan Lanning. <laughs> when you put Clay Travis on, they're fighting for clicks. Yeah. Yeah. We're fighting. Oh, clicks. he's such a clown. I,
0: I agree. I, I, I like that. So great show. Glad you guys were able to make it. Uh, Raj, Indian time uh, is something we have to get used to. And Robbie, glad you Beyond. could make some time to uh, carve into your, your vacation and be a part of uh definitely reminder like follow subscribe all that good stuff it it really helps us out and um check out tomorrow our nfl show will be dropping tomorrow night before the big lions packers uh thursday night game so look forward to that uh for robbie davis brandon chain raj meta i am tom sloan you guys have a great night we'll see you next time Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation.